All right, Joel, say good morning. Let us begin a lot to do today. Today's daf is daf lamid. In Meseches Yivamas, we thank our Tamatora sponsors. Sorry, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Nisan. We thank, again, Jerry, a new Tamatora sponsor, Jerry and Abby Applebaum, in loving memory of Abby's mother, Barbara Friedman Basia Baschaim, on the occasion of her first yard site, and her father, David Friedman, David Ben Avram, on the occasion of his ninth yard site. We thank Drs. Paul and Linda Weinberg for the dedicating all the Shimon Drushos this month, the commemoration of the 36th yard site of their son, Mordechai Yehoshua Ben Peretz Moshe Valea Miriam. We thank Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating the Shimon Drushos this month in the Schos, Arafua Shlema for Kathy's sister, Donna Baker Matson. We thank Stephen Terizin for dedicating the Sherman Drushos this month with gratitude to Hashem for their third grandson, Bunim Tzvi Hirsch Zin. And we thank Naftali Tilson for dedicating the Sherman Drushos this month with Akaras Atov to his Chaper Benjamin Wall and with wishes of a Chakashar Vesameach to the entire Shira. Bose, with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf lamid. We are picking up at the top. Mishnah Bose, I made physical, I sent out on the WhatsApp and also made copies if anyone wants. Copies are somewhere here. Um, they're the same charts from the Art School Gemara, but it's helpful to be able to talk about them. They're actually not complicated. They're not complicated at all. Actually, pretty straightforward cases today. Just helpful to have a visual aid. So we'll say, so today's daf is daf lamid. We are picking up at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah on the top of lamid says as follows. Shlosha achin. We'll say it's actually very similar to all the cases we've been dealing with up until this point in time. Shlosha achin. Shnei mehen nesu and shtei achayos. You have three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters. Levi is married to an unrelated woman. So what happens? I'm sorry. So we'll say, so take a look. This is case, what we call case one. Case one. So if you take a look on the top, I'm sorry, I meant to number the lines, but if you take a look, case one, which is the top left box. So you've got three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Levi is related to a woman unrelated. We just call her unrelated woman in this case. Good. What happens? Now, if you look in line number two in the box of case one, so Shimon dies. Shimon dies. Meis echam mibale achayos. Shimon dies. Vikines nasu nachris es ishto. And Levi does yibum. Of course, we both say in this case, the only option is for Levi to do yibum, right? Reuven can't do yibum. Why not? Why not? Achos Ishto, right? Because ultimately, again, remember, Leah is Reuven's wife's sister. So Levi does Yibam. Wonderful. Shalom Yisrael. What happens? Umesh. Now, I'll say, now if you look at line three in, in the box that says case number one, Levi passes away. Now, in this case, when Levi passes away, two women, two women fall to Reuven for Yibam, right? There's Leah, there's Leah, who was originally Shimon's wife who Levi married as part of Yibum. And then there's Levi's original wife. We call her unrelated. So both of these women fall to Reuven for Yibum. Rose say the truth is, for us in Yibamus already, this is like a layup case, right? This, this is easy. We know the halacha over here. What's the halacha? So the Gemara says, Easy, easy. We'll say in this case, both women ultimately again are exempt from everything. Remember again, Leah is exempt ultimately from Yibo Marchalitza. Why? Because she is Ruben's wife's sister. 
an unrelated wife is the tsara, <laughs> right? So I will say this is actually this is like the first Mishnah in the Masechta. This is Saras Erva, right? Essentially, remember again, Leah is an Erva to Ruben. She is his wife's sister. And unrelated, calling her, I feel bad, she should get a name, but we'll call her unrelated, right? Unrelated, ultimately, again, is the co-wife of a Tsara. When you're a co-wife of a Tsara, you take on, I'm sorry, you're the co-wife of an Erva. Tsara of an Erva, you take on the same status of Erva. Therefore, both women are exempt from everything. Beautiful, beautiful. But let's say, what, now let's do a little bit of a, of a ripple in that case. What happens, however? Let's take a look. Still, still take a look. I told you, right? That, that's case one. one to, right? Easy. Take a look now. Still in table one. But imagine the following scenario. Same case. Reuben and Shimon married to two sisters. Lady married to an unrelated woman. Shimon dies. Shimon dies. Leah falls before Lady for Yibum. Let's say Lady didn't do Yibum. Instead, what did he do? He did Ma'amar. Right, yesterday's dad. He did ma'amar. He did ma'amar, or the day before. Asaba ma'amar. So what happens? So the Gemara says, um, I'm sorry, asaba ma'amar So now let's say, Levi did ma'amar with Leah, and then he died. So now I both say, what, what's happening over here? That means again, when Levi passes away, two women once again fall before Ruvain. One of them is Levi's actual wife, the woman he was, who he was married to, and the other was Leah, who was the Yavama with whom he did Ma'amar. What's the halach in this case? So Asaba Ma'amar Umeis, Nochris Choletes Velo Misyadames. So both say, in this case over here, so obviously Leah can't do anything, right? Why can't Leah do anything with Ruvain? Why not? Because she is his wife's sister. But I will say, in this case, remember Levi wasn't married to Leah. They are not on Yibum. Because they are not on Yibum, therefore what? Therefore, technically, unrelated is not really a tsaras erva. Because she's not a tsaras erva, she's not the koif of an erva, therefore what? She has to do chalitza and not yibum. Now, we'll say, now why can't she just go ahead and do yibum as well? Whereas if she's not the koif of an erva, why can't she do yibum? So we know the answer to this. What's the answer to that? It sounds according to the Mishnah, because halacha lemaisa ma'amar affected some level of connection. Right? So ma'amar... Well, uh, well, actually, uh, we'll see in the Gemara. We'll see in the Gemara. So we'll say, so therefore, that's case number one. Case number one. So case number one is really comprised of two parts. The first part where Levi actually did Yibum with Leah. And when Levi did actual Yibum with Leah, then when Levi dies and his two wives fall before, fall before Ruben, that's an easy case. Leah is exempt because she's, the, she's Achos Ishto, right? And unrelated is exempt because she is Tsaras Erva. If Levi didn't do Yibum, but instead Levi just did Ma'amar, he just did Ma'amar with Leah, then Leah is still going to be exempt because she's Achos Ishto, Levi's wife's sister, and co-wife is going to, and unrelated will be, will be subject to Chalitza. Beautiful. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, Taima da'avad ba ma'amar. The only reason ultimately is because he did ma'amar. Ha, so I'll say, in other words, the only reason, the only reason why we make unrelated do chalitza is because Levi did ma'amar with Leah. Halo avad ma'amar. But again, had Levi not done ma'amar, and so that means there would be no marital bond between Levi and Leah, then what? Then ultimately, halo ba ma'amar. Nochris Yavumi Namim Yabma. The unrelated woman would have even been able to do Yibum. Um, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Zos Omeres, Ein Zeka 
What do you see from here, Bosai? You see from here that we hold in Zeka. We hold in Zeka. Why, Bosai? Because if there really was Zika, if there really was connection, then what? Then what? Then ladies maritally bound to Leah, even if he didn't do Ma'amar. And if that's the case, then unrelated should take on the status of Tsaras Erva, even though they haven't done Ma'amar. From the fact that you require Ma'amar to affect some level of marital bond must mean that what we hold in Zika, there's no marital connection, there's no marital bond. That will say, we already know we passed in Geish Zika. That's how, that's how we passed in. So again, this, this, I'll just point out, this Mishnah, this Mishnah here and this Kimara is not really a Halach Sugya. We're going to see the Halach in just a little bit. But, we'll say, but that's case one. Good. See, I told you, not complicated. That's the first table. We're one quarter into this. Everything's beautiful. Next Mishnah. Here we go. Rabbi said this is going to be case two on your sheet. Here we go. Shlosha Achin. It's really the same general case. Shlosha Achin. So Rabbi said take a look at case number two, table number two. So pretty much same general idea. Three brothers, Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi. Ruvain and Shimon married to two sisters. And Levi related to, sorry, not related, married to unrelated woman. Okay, now what happens? Now, in this case, a little bit different. Who dies over here? Levi. Levi dies, and an unrelated falls to Yibam to Shimon. Now, both say the truth is, she could fall to Yibam to either who? Either Reuben or Shimon, right? Because remember, she's unrelated. But in this case over here, Shimon is the one who does Yibam. Okay. What happens? So Mes Hanasinachris Levi, the man married to the unrelated woman, passes away. And one of the brothers who's married to a sister does Yibam with Levi's wife. So again, I will say in case number two, second line, Shimon is doing Yibam with Levi's wife, called unrelated. Okay. Now we'll say now what happens? Umes Umes. Now, both saying, now in this case over here, case number two, Shimon dies. We're up to the third line in case number two. Shimon now passes away. Now, when Shimon passes away, what happens? Once again, two women fall to Reuven, right? Shimon's wife, Leah, and unrelated. And Levi's wife, with whom he did Yibam. Now, both say, again, easy case. What's Allah over here? What's Allah? What could Reuven do? Nothing. Why? Number one, he can't do, he can't do Yibam with Leah because Leah is what? His wife's sister, Achosishto. And he can't do Yibam with unrelated why? Sarah. Good. What's the easy case? Sarah, Sarah, straightforward. Straightforward. So, Arishoni Yosef's Mishum Achos Isha. So, ultimately, again, Leah. Leah doesn't do Yibam, obviously, because she is Ruben's sister's wife. wife I'm sorry, wife's sister. Ushnia Mishum Sarasa. And again, what we'll call unrelated, which was Levi's wife with whom Shim did Yibam, ultimately will be exempt because of Tsaras Erba. Beautiful. Now we'll say what happens in this case. So we'll say pretty much the same thing as the previous Mishnah. What happens, again, looking at case number two, if Shimon didn't yet do Yibum with unrelated, rather what did he do? He did Ma'amar. He did Ma'amar with unrelated. So what happens if he did Ma'amar with her? So now what happens if Shimon did Ma'amar with unrelated woman and then he dies? What's the halacha? Once again, obviously Leah is not going to do anything, right? Because Leah is Reuven's wife's sister. Unrelated woman in this case will do chalitza and can't do yibum. 
Okay, so we'll say, so this is the same case as before. This, which the Gemara says, Hasulamali. In other words, why, why do you need this case? Again, I, in other words, we already spoke about this. And I will say, you see, what's happening over here is, the reason why, the reason why we're making unrelated women do chalitza is why, in this case, because, I will say, essentially, since Shimon did Ma'amar, Ma'amar looks like a marriage. So it looks like unrelated woman is what? What does it look like she is? Saras Erba. It looks like she's one. But she's not really Saras Erba. Right? She, she's not really. So in other words, if she was Saras Erba, she could, leave, she could leave without anything. Right? If she's not Saras Erba, she could do Yibum. So she's not really a Saras Erba, but she kind of looks like a Saras Erba. So we make her do Chalitza to kind of take away all that. To which the Gemara says, but I don't understand. But say, the second Mishnah is saying the same exact case as the first. The only thing that changed between Mishnah 1 and Mishnah 2 is what? Is what? Who died? Otherwise, otherwise, literally, again, it's two Mishnayas made up of two cases, exactly the same dynamics. To which the Gemara says, The Mishnayas are mamish the same. The only thing that changes is who died. To which the Gemara says, Hashda uma hasam da'akos isha habyitzar lenachris amre nachris asura. And I will say, furthermore, in the previous case, where ultimately, again, it was the Achos Isha who becomes the Tzara. I will say it was the Achos Isha, right, and the, the Leah, who becomes the second wife, to which, right, becomes the second wife. So Amra Nachris Asura. So even when it's the Achos Isha becomes the second wife, yet Halacha Lamaisa, she still Asers, the already existing wife. Hacha, the Nachris Hab Yitzara the Achos Isha, Lokal Shekain. Over here, I will say, all the more so, where halacha la right? It is the nachris, the unrelated wife, who becomes the second wife, ultimately again, too, to the sister, all the more so she asks, and I will say, well, you must put out something very interesting, which we actually never focused on, which is, does it matter who is the first wife? Does it matter who is the first wife? The Gemara is just pointing out, in the first Mishnah, in the first Mishnah, it's the nachris, unrelated woman who is the first wife, and then the sister who becomes the second wife, right? In our case, in our case, it's the sister who is the first wife and the nachris who becomes the second wife. So the Gemara says, if halacha lemaisa, the halacha is true ultimately in our case, the Mishnah we just read, where the sister is the first wife, all the more so in the previous Mishnah, to which the Gemara says, Tana, so the Gemara says, Tana, hach, ta, Tana, hach, Tana Baresha, v'hach chazi lehetera v'sharia, v'hadar chazia li'isura. So we'll say, here's what happened. Originally, originally the Tana taught this Mishnah first, and ultimately thought the previous case was permitted. And ultimately, again, they ruled that in this Mishnah is prohibited as well. And since ultimately, again, he liked this Mishnah first. Right? The one that was more chashif to him. He put it first. But our Mishnah ultimately did not change the artist. Therefore, I will say, interesting, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that the Tana really taught the second Mishnah first, because the second Mishnah is a bit more novel than the first. But ultimately, again, the Mishnah maintained the already established order of the first Mishnah and then the second Mishnah. Good, not, not really in introducing any new information. I will say, what I will tell you something very interesting, is something very interesting, um, 
I will get to the Rambam because the Rambam does paskin like this second Mishnah. That halacha, so this is Parag Zayin, halacha Zayin in Hilchos Yibum, where the, I'll just say the Rambam says as follows. The Rambam says, Meis Zesha Asra Ma'amar, Vahaisalo Isha Acheres, Venaflu Shtein Lefnei Bala Achos, Baalas Hamamar Petura Mina Chalitza, Umina Yibum, Shari Achos Ishto, Vaisha Acheres, the way the Rama Paskins is, in any of these cases, if the surviving brother didn't do Yibong, but he did Ma'amar, Ma'amar, remember again, we established two days ago, that what does Ma'amar do? What does Ma'amar do? What does Ma'amar do? Not that much, right? What Ma'amar kind of does is, it's, it's almost as if, Right, when, as soon as the brother dies, it will say, what sets in, right? Reuven, Shimon, Levi, as soon as Reuven dies, what sets in for Shimon and Levi? What sets in? One word. Yibum. Yeah, Yibum, that's true, right? Another word? Zika, right? Zika, right? There's a Zika. What, what, what does Zika do? Zika goes ahead and creates a quasi-marital bond. What Ma'amar seems to do is what? Strengthen it a bit more. A bit more. Again, to be clear, does Ma'amar affect Erisin? No. Ma'amar affect Nisuin? No. Ma'amar affect Chupa? No. What does it affect? It's kind of hard to know. Right? Here's what we know is that it's, it seems to bolster Zika just a little bit. And I also know that if the Yavam does Ma'amar and then he changes his mind, what does he have to do? He has to give a get. Right? So again, there are certain processes that are triggered ultimately again because of Ma'amar. So, we'll say, so therefore, again, in these cases, if you look at either of these tables, it doesn't really matter where the brother who was going to do Yibam, if he just did Ma'amar and then he dies, ultimately, again, because that doesn't really affect a complete marriage, so the woman who is Ruvain's wife's sister, she goes out without anything. But the other woman, the Yevama, is going to require Chalitza and won't be able to do Yibum. Incredible. But let's say third Mishnah. Shlosha Achen. Here we go. Table three. Table three. Kear say case three. Shlosha Achen. Three brothers. Shnai Mehenis Three brothers. Two of them are married to two sisters, and one is married to an unrelated woman. Jabal say, if you look at table three, same case. Reuven, Shimon, Levi. Reuven and Shimon married to two sisters. Ultimately, again, they be married to unrelated woman. So we'll say now what happened over here, line number two, in box number three. So one of the brothers, we'll call him Shimon. Shimon passes away, and Levi does Yibam with his wife, Leah. Great. Now we'll say now something different happens over here. Now we'll say in this case, now look at the third line in case number three. Reuven's wife dies. Reuven's wife dies. So in this case now, Rachel passed away. Rachel passed away. I will say, you know where this is going. Watch this, or maybe not. Right, what happens? So I will say, what happens? So says the Gemara, Meisei Ishtal Shalsheni, Ba'achar Kach Meis Nasui Nochris. So I will say, here's the order. All right, let's just, let's start again. Let's start again in case number three. Three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Lady married to unrelated woman. Okay, second line. Shimon dies. Shimon dies. Lady does Yibum with Leah. So now Lady has two wives, Leah and unrelated woman. 
the line that's not included in here is in between, right? Really, really, line 2.5 is Reuven's wife, Rachel, passes away. Okay? So now Reuven is single, no wife. Last line, Levi dies. Levi dies. They both say, when Levi dies, something very interesting happens, which is two women now fall to Reuven for Yibum. Who are the two women? Leah. Unrelated wife of Levi and Leah. Then I will say, who's Leah to Rachel? Who's Leah to, I'm sorry, who's Leah to Reuven? Who's Leah to Reuven? It's Reuven's former wife's sister, right? Reuven's deceased wife's sister, right? Because Reuven, Reuven was married to Rachel, but Rachel already passed away. So now Leah, his wife's sister, is falling to him in Yibum. But again, Rachel, his wife, has already passed away. What's that Lach over here? Harezeh Asura Alav Olamis. Wow. Wow. Says the Yimar something absolutely amazing. Listen to this. Once Leah fell to Yibum to Reuven. I will say, when did Leah fall to Yibum to Reuven? Right? When, when did she become eligible to Yibum to, to Reuven? Remember again. When Shimon died. Right? Remember again. She falls into the Yibum pool. The first time that Leah falls into the Yibum pool is when Shimon passed away. Right? That's the first time she falls into the Yibum pool. At that point in time, she's absolutely ineligible to Ruvain because Ruvain is married to her sister. So what the Mishnah is introducing to us is as follows. That, that essentially, Yibum identity is solidified and concretized at the moment you fall into the Yibum pool. And in this particular case, when Leah fell into the Yibum pool the first time, she was Asura to Ruvain as Achos Ishto, as Ruvain's wife's sister. That status, amazingly enough, remains upon her, even though what? Even though what? She subsequently remarries, right? She does Yibum to Levi, and Ruvain's wife passed away. Nevertheless, Ultimately, when Levi then passes away, he cannot do Yibum with Leah because ultimately, again, she is still considered to be his wife's sister and ultimately usher, usher to marry. Now, I will say, I just want to be clear. The prohibition of marrying one's wife's sister is only when? When one's wife is alive. So I want to be clear. The prohibition that's happening over here, it's not, it, this, this is not the Erev of Achos Isho. This is, this, is a, this is an Isra Yibum. This is an Isra Yibum. What this is saying is your Yibum identity and your Yibum eligibility is determined the first time you fall into the Yibum pool. And so in this case over here, the first time Leah fell into the Yibum pool after the death of her husband Shimon, she was Asura to Ruvain as Ruvain's wife's sister. That status is locked in. So therefore, again, even though she certainly does Yibum with Levi, and now again, Rachel, Ruvain's wife, dies, and now Levi dies, when Leah falls into the pool again, she already has a solidified and concretized identity as being Asura to Yibum to Ruvain. Incredible, incredible. Says the Gemara, says the Gemara, I'm Rav Yudam Rav, Kol Yivama She'ena Nikhore Babishas Nefila, Yivama Yavo Aleha, Harehi Ke'eshas Achshiyesh Labanam Ba'asura. So also we've already had this concept. Right? We've already said this before. Rav said, any woman who is not eligible for Yibum, in other words, literally translated, any woman with whom the Yavam cannot affect Yibum with, 
at the time, ultimately, again, that she becomes eligible for Yibum, essentially retains the status of Eshazach, retains the status of my brother's wife, and as if my brother had children, i.e., she's Asura. We learned this already. We've established this, that Yibum identity, or I should say Yibum eligibility, is determined, solidified, and concretized at the moment you fall into the Yibum pool. And if at the moment you fall into the pool, you are ineligible, that's it. That's it. You're out. You're out. That, that status does not change. So therefore, of course, when Leah initially fell into the Yibum pool, after the death of her first husband, Shimon, she was ineligible to do Yibum with Reuven, or Reuven was ineligible to do Yibum with her, because ultimately she is his wife's sister. And that ineligibility remains, even though she subsequently marries, does Yibum with Levi, and then after that, Reuven's wife passes away. So by the time that Levi passes away, Leah is no longer Reuven's wife's sister because Reuven's wife is dead. She passed away. There's nothing to talk about. Nevertheless, her Yibum identity has already been solidified and concretized from the initial time she fell into the pool. We learned that. We've, we've learned this already. So what are you coming to teach me? thought Maybe that means like this. It's actually very interesting. Havamino. I might have thought that maybe when do we say that a woman is permanently ineligible for Yibum? Is maybe when she falls into the Yibum pool and there's no brother to do Yibum for her. In other words, maybe that's when we say that a person is... Mark, so like, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Let's say you have three brothers who are married to three sisters. So in that case, what happens when one of the brothers dies without children? What happens? What happens? Nothing. In other words, no one's able to do Yibum. I would have thought that when does a person become permanently ineligible? When does one become permanently ineligible for Yibum? When, when she falls into the pool, no one is able to do Yibum with her. No one's able to do Yibum with her. But, but, but I might have thought that what? I might have thought that maybe, maybe, maybe when she becomes eligible to one of the brothers, Maybe because she's eligible for Yibum, that doesn't create a permanent ineligibility. In other words, I will say, if you take a look at our case, take a look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, So I will say, we're going to see, I'm sorry, take a look at Rashi. Uh, when she's eligible during the first time, the Gemara says, so ultimately, again, I will say, in other words, what the Gemara is suggesting is maybe the only time we say that there's permanent ineligibility is when no one really has the ability to marry her. Look, actually, it's going on in the Gemara. Hanami Tanina, Shnei Achinesu and two brothers are married to two sisters. Meis Echon Mehem, one of the brothers died. Biachakach, Mesa Ishto Shosheni. That was his interesting case. Reuven and Shimon married to two sisters. What happens? Reuven dies. Reuven dies. And after Reuven died, but before Shimon was able to do anything, Shimon's wife Leah dies. So now, interestingly enough, you have Rachel, who is the widow of Reuven, and Shimon, who is no longer married to the sister of Leah, to the sister of Rachel, excuse me. So what's the halacha? Harezu asura alav olamis, ha'uyo b'ne'esra alav sha'achas. We already learned this. 
that what? Even though I will say, when you look at this case, right, when you look at that case I just mentioned, you're tempted to say, what's Allah? What's Allah? Shimon should be able to do Yibum. Why should Shimon be able to do Yibum? Why? Why? Because Lamaisa, Lamaisa, he's the surviving brother, and he's no longer married to the widow's sister because she passed away. Yeah, we know that halacha is Asura. Rebbe saying, why? Because we keep going back to the same point. When is Yibum eligibility determined? At the moment you fall, the woman falls into the Yibum pool. Right? At the moment, at the moment she becomes a widow, we look at, okay, are you eligible or not? If you're eligible, great. If you're not eligible, that ineligibility ultimately, again, is locked in and solidified and remains even if other marital realities change. So we already, we already learned this. So what would I have thought? So I'll say, now again, this is what saying. I would have thought that maybe, see, we'll say, in the case of the two brothers, in the case of the two brothers, maybe the reason why her, her, her ineligibility is permanent is because there's no brother that can do yibam with her. If you think about it, our case of the three brothers is a little bit different. What makes it a little bit different is that there is Yibom eligibility, right? Because remember again, you, when, when Shimon passes away and Leah, and Leah becomes a widow, remember, Ruvain can't do Yibom with her, but who can? Who can? Levi. So I would have thought that because of that, maybe in this case, Leah's ineligibility is not permanent. In other words, or is not, it's not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not complete. She's not completely ineligible. She's just ineligible to do it with one brother. But Lamaisa, Yibum is permitted with Levi. I might have thought in a case like that, maybe, maybe, if Ruben's circumstances change as well, meaning that his wife Rachel passes away, then after Levi dies, maybe he can go ahead and do Yibum with Leah. We go back to our previously established principle, which is that Yibum eligibility is determined immediately upon widowhood. Right? The moment the woman becomes a widow, we see who she is eligible to do Yibum with. Whichever brother she's able to do it with, great. Rabbi whichever brother she is ineligible to do Yibum with, that ineligibility is locked in. Even if what? Even if what? Circumstances change. So therefore, Abosai, again, in this case, where Shimon passes away, Shimon passes away, and now Leah is subject even to two brothers, Levi and Ruvain. She cannot do Yibum with Ruvain because Ruvain is married to her sister, to Rachel. Once Ruvain becomes ineligible to do Yibum, or once, I should say, Leah becomes ineligible to Yibum, to Ruvain, that ineligibility is locked in and never changes. And even if Ruben's wife Rachel passes away, nevertheless, and then Levi passes away sometime later on, Ruben still can't do Yibum. I will say Yibum eligibility determined at the moment of widowhood. And once that occurs, Halacha status is locked in. Incredible. I will say case number four. I told you. Told you, not complicated, not complicated at all. Last Mishnah, Shlosha Achen, Mehen, sorry, sorry, Shlosha Achen, three brothers. Shnai Mehen, Nisun, Mibale Achayos, Ve'echad. 
I'm sorry. Shnayim mehen, shnayim mehen, shnayim mehen. Shasun is shteachalus. Ve'echad nasuin nachris. So both say same case. Always the same case, right? So halacha. I said three brothers. Two of them married to two sisters. So Reuben and Shimon married to two sisters. Lady married to an unrelated woman. So I'll say now here's the wrinkle. Girish echad mebaleachayos es ishto. So I'll say in this case, if you look at case number four, what happened over here? Shimon and Leah divorce. Okay, new case. New case. Shimon and Leah divorce. Okay, fine. Now what happens? Here we go. And now in this case, Levi dies. Levi dies. And what happens? So the Gemara says, Okay, so now watch what's happening over here. Both say, take a look at case number four. Three brothers, Reuben, Shimon, and Levi. Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. It's a case, the second line, which you don't, which I guess you don't, see, I guess you do see, which is Shimon divorces Leah. Okay, fine. That's step two. Step three, which is line number two. Now Levi dies. Levi dies. Shimon does Yibum with unrelated. Okay, what's next? Umes. Wow. So now both say, what happens? Now Shimon dies. Now Shimon dies. Now both say, what happens when Shimon dies? Is the last line when Shimon dies. So unrelated wife who was originally lit. Which means she's not related. She's not related to anyone. No, sorry, in this context means unrelated. Unrelated. So says the Gimar. Because how else are you going to say unrelated? Right, that's why he's not Chris. So the Gimar is like this. <laughs> so look at the last line. So both say, so now what happens? What happens? So now Levi passes away. Levi passes away. So watch this. So now both say, now unrelated is falling to Yibum to Shimon. Now, both say, you look at this case, and you scratch and you say, what are you saying to yourself? What are you saying to yourself? Right, what's the problem over here? Oh, what, what, what's intriguing about this case? You see, Shimon was married, was married to Reuven's wife's sister, right? So here's the Shiloh. Does the fact that he was married to Reuven's wife's sister somehow endow unrelated with some level of Ereva status? To which the Gemara says, "No, Zohi Shamru Bekulan Shemesu Oniskarshu Tsarosehen Mutaros." Now both say, "This is another easy case." The Gemara says, "No, there's no problem over here." Both say, "We look at this like we're looking for what's the problem." There's no problem. There's no problem because why? Both say because at the end of the day, remember this goes back to the same principle: when is Yibum eligibility determined? When? When? At the moment of widowhood. So when do we look at who's everyone's married to and who's everyone related to? When? When? At the time of death. So therefore, again, in this case, Shimon was no longer married to Leah at the time he did Yibum with unrelated. So when Levi passed away, when Levi, by the time Levi passed away, Leah was already out of the picture because she's out of the picture. Therefore, she does not have an impact on anyone. So therefore, again, when Shimon dies, when Shimon dies and his wife, unrelated, who was the widow of Levi, falls to Reuven, absolutely no problem of Yibam. Beautiful. To which the Gemara says, says, Now, the reason this case works is why? Because Shimon divorced his wife. He divorced Leah before Levi passed away. Aval Mace, the Achakach Girish, Rabos, listen to this. What happens if Levi died before Shimon divorced his wife? Right? What happens if Levi died before Shimon divorced his wife? Then Rabos say, what does that sound like? That sounds like a surah. Right? That sounds like then Rabos say, then what would happen? Then when Shimon, right? If, so if Shimon were divorced, the divorce, Rabos say, listen to this wrinkle. What happens if, like, Levi were to die, Levi were to die, but before Shimon did Yibum, he divorced Leah. 
he divorced Leah, right? And then went ahead and did Yibum. It sounds like that would be problematic, right? Because of Yesh Zeka, it would sound like in that situation, unrelated somehow becomes connected to Leah. See, even though, again, Leah's out of the picture before Shimon does Yibum, but she was in the picture at the moment that Levi died, that would seem to complicate the relationship. On Ravashi, is also embarrassed, Yesh Zeka. Because of Osei, again, that would, again, that actually makes sense. It actually makes sense. It sounds strange, but it actually makes sense that if Shimon was married to his wife Leah, ultimately, again, at the time that Levi died, and then Shimon divorced Leah, and then did Yibum with unrelated, nevertheless, unrelated has some level of connection with Leah. Why? Because Yesh Zeka, because there's a marital bond the moment that the brother dies. So therefore, what that means is that the moment that Levi died, Shimon has a marital relationship with Leah, some type of marital bond with Leah, but he's still what? He's still what? Married, sorry, has a marital bond to, to unrelated, but he's still married to Leah, which means that on some level, unrelated is a little bit connected to Leah, which sounds like then, even though Shimon subsequently divorces Leah, right, and then Shimon dies, when unrelated falls to Ruvain for Yibum, perhaps ultimately unrelated should be unable to do Yibum, only Chalitza, because Halach she has some marital bond, some level of marital connection to Leah. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, even two brothers, even two brothers, we have a problem of what Rav Nachman said about Rav Nachman said. So we'll say, so now we're referencing back to earlier Sergis as well. The truth is, this is true even if Halacha Lamaisa, the brother, never did marry. We'll say, look at Rashi for just a moment. Kasha de Rav Nachman, the Daikla El Mistam Masnisin, Zos Omeris, Ein Zeka Filo Bechara. We'll say, here's the problem. If you remember again, after the first Mishnah, right, the Mishnah, right, all the way back on the top of the daf, the Gemara said that we can infer from the Mishnah in Zeka, right? That's what Nachman said. You see from here, in Zeka. Zosamaris in Zeka. But now, we'll say amazingly enough, what is the Gemara saying? Ravashi says, there is Zeka. So what's going on over here? So which, Ravashi, Kasha de Rav Nachman, and Ravashi, what, Ravashi, you're saying, Yesh Zeka. What are you going to do with the statement of Rav Nachman that says, in Zeka? To which the Gemara says, so we'll say, because Ravashi would say in the first Mishnah, in the first Mishnah, even if Halach Lamaisi Levi did not do Ma'amar, still the unrelated wife would only do Chalitza and not do Yibum. So why does it have to bring up the case of Ma'amar? To exclude the position of Beishamai, the Amri Ma'amar Kona Amadeis Kinyan Gamar. Because I must remember again, I must have had this two days ago, Beishamai is of the opinion that Ma'amar affects complete and comprehensive Kinyan. Right? Complete marriage. So to exclude that opinion of Beishamai, that's why we bring up Ma'amar. Kamash Malon, Deloka Beishamai. Therefore, I must bring up this case to show the Halacha does not follow Beishamai. I, Lurad Nachmin, Kashi Ravashi. I will say Rav Nachman who says in Zeka in the first Mishnah, right? Or I should say Rav Nachman who infers in Zeka from the first Mishnah. What is he going to do with Ravashi? Who learns that Yesh Zeka? Maybe he'll say that even in a case where Levi died and only afterwards Shimon divorced, right? His wife. 
that Alocha Lameisa, then when Shimon dies, that the Kawaii should be permitted to remain. What does it come to exclude? Maybe it comes to exclude the case where ultimately, again, Shimon first marries and then only afterwards divorces. So that makes sense. If you feel so I will say, maybe if you say that it's different authors. And ultimately, again, this Tana holds Misa Mapala. So I will say, remember, again, we had a whole discussion about Halacha Lema When did we determine Yibum eligibility? So there's an opinion that holds Misa Mapala, that it's the time of death. Literally, again, widowhood. The moment the woman becomes a widow, that determines her Yibum eligibility. Vahai Tana, Sovereignly Sun Harishonim Apilim. And the other Tana holds that I will say, no, when is Yibum eligibility determined? It's interesting. When, it's fascinating. When is Yibum eligibility determined? At the time you get married. At the time you get married, we look at who's eligible to who, and that status gets like, and I will say, we know how we pass in. We, we pass in already, Misa Mapelas. It's widowhood that determines Yibum eligibility. To which the Gemara says, that Then ultimately, when the Mishnah says, Zohi, that would come to exclude the case of Kanos, the case of where the brother first married, right, first married the Yibama, and then only afterwards divorced his wife. But ultimately, if you hold like Rabba, who hold that it's all one Tana, one author, and it was as we saw before that sometimes stylistically, the Mishnah will say things that you don't have to say, that we could infer, but the Mishnah will say it anyway. What does it come to exclude? It must be ultimately again the holds like Rabbi Yirmiya, ultimately the Yesh Zeka. And according to Rava, it makes sense if he holds like Rabashi who holds Yesh Zeka, Zohi the Meute, Mace below Girish. That would come to exclude the case ultimately again of where the brother passes away, lady passed away before Shimon divorced his wife. It must be that ultimately, again, he holds Yesh Zeka. Good. Well, let's know we did that last part quickly, but let's just bring it all together. Here's what we've got. We keep, we'll say, we keep reinforcing, we hold Yesh Zeka. Very important. We hold Yesh Zeka. Right? We've already established that before. We also hold that what? Ma'amar in Kona. Right? That Ma'amar does not affect Kiddushin. What else do we hold? Halakha Lamaisa will say, when is Yibum eligibility determined? When is it determined? At the time of widowhood. Right? That's when we look at what, we, that's when we look at familial eligibility. Right? We look at the panoramic family tree. Right? I use a panoramic because it's not up and down, but rather it's across. We look at the panoramic family tree at the time of death. And that's when eligibility is determined. However, Abosai, once eligibility is determined the first time, then what? Then what? That eligibility or ineligibility is locked in forever. Forever is a dramatic term, but you understand, right? That eligibility or ineligibility is locked in, and even should different marital realities change, once eligibility or ineligibility is determined, that is locked in going forward. Incredible. I will say last Mishnah for today. The Kulan Shebe, so I'll say this is great. This is actually great. I want to point out, we're actually going to do like, just like, no tables, no charts, just some good old Gemara. Just some good old Gemara. Watch this. The Kulan Sheshwan Kiddushin or Gerashim Bissafi. Now I will say, this is actually the beginning of a fascinating sugyo. So Rashi points out over here, 
We're talking about the 15 Arayos. So we're going back to the first Mishnah in the Masechta. How do we start our journey in Yavamis? We spoke about 15 women. Where if you're married to them, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? Now remember again, we're, we're talking about 15 Arayos. Now we'll say, the 15 Arayos were, were Arayos for who? Not for the man who was married to them. Back to Bosa. Remember again, just take a simple case. You've got Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven is married to one of the 15 women mentioned in the Mishnah. For Reuven, in the first Mishnah, for Reuven, these are all eligible women. The problem is, they're an erva for Shimon. I will leave out Levi for now. They're, they're an erva for Shimon. So that's where the Mishnah said that what? That Allah if the woman who falls to you in Yibum is an erva, then what? What's the halacha? Right? What's the halacha? Yivam 101. What's the halacha? Nothing. She doesn't need anything. No Yibum, no Chalitza, because she's not in the parsha of, of Yibum. And we'll say, what else do we learn in the Mishnah? Yivam 101. Who else does her status impact? Her co-wife, her tzara. And her tzara also is able to leave without Yibum or without Chalitza. Listen to this case. And we'll say, what happens? Give us, let's give a simple case. Ruvain married Shimon's daughter. Ruvain married his niece. Okay, totally permitted, right? He, married, he marries his niece. And he has another one. So we'll call her Rachel. And he also married another woman, Leah. And now we'll say, what happened? There is a case of Suffolk Kiddushin, Suffolk Gerushin, right? There's a, there's a question about the Kiddushin, the marriage of Ruvain to Rachel, Ruvain to his niece. Or he divorced her, but there's a Shaila about the divorce. Is it valid or not? So we'll say, here we're talking about a case of a man, right? Ruvain's married to Rachel. Rachel is an erva to Shimon. And now I will say there was a shayla in the Kiddushin or the Gerushin of Ruvain to Rachel. And I will say, you know what happened? What happened next? What happened next? Ruvain died. Ruvain died. Oh, wow. Wow. Ruvain died. And I will say, now we've got a problem. What's the problem? What's the problem? We've got a situation of Ruvain who was, we're not sure, was he married? Was he not married to Rachel? who is an erva to Shimon. So now the shayla is, what's the abla? Obviously, Rachel's not doing Yibam or Chalitza either way, right? Because she's Shimon's daughter. What's going to be the shayla? Or who is the shayla on? On the tzara, on the co-wife. So watch this. Okay, I guess I built it up a little too much. So it's actually not so dramatic, right? It's pretty simple, right? Just do Chalitza. Just do chalitza, right? When in doubt, just do chalitza. So in that case, Rav Osai, where there was a suffix gerushin or a suffix nisuin, something, a suffix in the marriage, a suffix in the get, between Ruben and Rachel, ultimately Leah is going to have to do chalitza. Okay. So the Gemara says, by the way, what's the case of suffix kiddushin, suffix gerushin? It's great. So Kate said suffix kiddushin, zarakla kiddushin, suffix karov law, suffix karov law, zeo suffix kiddushin. What's a good case of suffix kiddushin? A man takes a ring. He says, And he throws it at her. A romantic. This guy's a keeper, right? This is a keeper, right? So what, what happens? He throws it at her. And there's a suffix. Is it closer to her? Is it closer to him? Rashi points out the case actually is where they're standing exactly eight amas away from each other. Remember again, anything that falls into your dalar amas is yours. So in this case, if you could imagine, they are standing exactly eight amas away from each other. It's a very from couple, right? They're standing exactly eight hours away from each other. He throws her the Kiddushin, and it's not clear, is it closer to her? Is it closer to her? Is it in her Dalai Ramas 
or in his Dalaramis. And whatever it is, they never figure it out. That's a case of Safi Kiddushin, Safi Gerishin. say, what's the case of Safi Gerishin? So watch this, Ksav Biksav Yado. Rebose says, interesting case. Let's say he writes a get, he writes her a get, and the get is in his handwriting, Ve'ein Alav Edim. So says, interesting. One of the reasons that you need witnesses on a get is to certify the fact that the husband wrote this get and he wrote it willingly. And he wrote it willingly. So what happens if you have a get that's in the husband's handwriting? So I will say, if you think about it, there's no greater testament to the fact that the husband wrote this willingly than what? Than what? Than the fact that it's in his handwriting. So it has, it has his handwriting, but it doesn't have witnesses. That's a suffix get whether or not it's good. Or, Or there are witnesses, but there's no date. I will say, having a date on a get is incredibly important. Why? Because I will say, again, with a get, what does a woman have the ability to do? Remarry, but also again, come on, it's all about money, right? Collect her ksuba, right? That's what it get really enables her to remember, but also allows her to collect her money, right? So remember again, so but but that date is very important because she's even allowed to collect from encumbered properties, but which means the date of the get is incredibly important. So let's say that, but this, so there's a get, but there's no there's no date. Yesh Osman or there's a date, but only one get. All of these cases, suffix zel suffix gerushin. We'll say all these cases are Suffolk Gerish. And therefore the Mishnah teaches me that if there's any Suffolk in the Kiddushin or the Gerishin between Ruvain and Rachel, ultimately again, when Ruvain dies, Leah is going to have to do Chalitza. And we'll say we'll continue right through with these cases tomorrow. Shkoyach. All right, everyone, have a great day. Very good to see you. She should have left after the third date. <laughs> <She should. laughs>